Welcome to the Qualified Tutor Podcast. I'm your host, Ludo Miller, and I'll be interviewing tutors and thought leaders from across the tutoring landscape to inspire, inform, and motivate you to become the best tutor you can be. The Qualified Tutor Community is a safe and supportive space for tutors who love to learn and grow. We offer training, resources, ideas, and a chance to connect with like-minded tutors. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join our Qualified Tutor Community at www.qualifiedtutorcommunity.org or find it in the show notes. Welcome to this week's episode of the Qualified Tutor Podcast. As we have done so successfully in recent weeks, speaking to those who matter to us most, the tutors and teachers, educators and education experts, QT course graduates and even professional chefs who we are so lucky to have met, we are able to connect an even greater number of tutors. The connections that have been made through the community we're building have been immense, and time after time we hear from newly signed up members that they've joined because tutoring is an isolated profession, and one that's in desperate need of collaboration, not competition. The NTP has catapulted tutoring onto the national stage, and is really the fruit of years of hard work that has been completed behind the scenes, shall we say by a huge number of teachers, agency directors and tutors. As such, we wanted to give our community, and tonight we welcomed in several new members, the chance to voice their opinions, queries and concerns on a range of topics, from the NTP itself to tips and tricks in tutoring from those who know how. We always look forward to our Wednesday night sessions, every week, whether they're QT course workshops or one of these wonderful one-off sessions we host, which provides such entertainment and life to our world of tutoring. If you'd like to hear more, the community is always open to you. Do find out more in the show notes below. But for now, listen and learn from the QT team and our brilliant group of Q&A wizards. So we're going to have a Q&A, but we're going to do it slightly differently because, um, as Julie says, we don't always do the norm. Um, so what I've got here is I've, I've got some questions for you and I'm going to ask you the questions and then you're going to answer them and let's see where, we, where, where it takes us. So just throw it open to everybody, just chip in, you know, and we'll just have a good conversation and, uh, and see where it takes us. So how do we engage the unengageable? It's linked to what you've been talking about, I guess, really, in many ways. The first thing is you need to try and understand them. Mm. Yeah. What are you trying to understand, Bernard? What 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 aspect or what context? Yeah, you need you need some background information. Mm. You need to know why they are not why they are unengageable. Yeah. So if you can know that, then it will be easy for you to break. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good point, isn't it? Because I think everybody. Human nature is that people want to learn. So if they don't want to learn, they don't want to engage, you've almost got to wind it back and try and unpick why it is. So you, it's a little bit of psychology involved there, I guess. Yeah. How, how else might you, you, you unpick it and engage them? Helen, yeah, go, go ahead. It, it's, a, it's about finding what the connection is. And sometimes the connection is the reason why 
they haven't felt able to learn before. It's not it's it's sometimes what they're what they're interested in learning, but it's also sometimes about um, what's put them off learning before. So, for example, um, there was a there was a, a student I that I worked with, and um, he hated he hated formal environments. So mm. I ended up doing English with him, um, sitting under a table. Um, because that's that's how he was comfortable. But he was um, he'd had such bad experiences before that he thought that if he that if he did that and he pushed it, that I would just give up and walk away. And it's like no no if you if you won't sit at the table, then then we're not going to do anything. But we we sat under the table together and we talked through, we chatted, and we looked at looked at some some stories etc. Um, and in the end, we did we did a we did a bit of sort of role play. I and mean, this with it with, was within English, but it's some role play around the carpet. And then we organically ended up sitting at the table because he wanted to sit on a proper chair it was no longer because it was a formal classroom but we'd addressed the fact that he that, that he um he didn't like the formality of the classroom in school it's almost like kicking against authority isn't it in some ways and you know the fact that you um didn't allow him to do that you know by by doing what he he, he didn't expect you to do in many ways you know he expected you to force him to sit at the table. I'll just tell you, I'll tell you a little story. It's, it's quite funny because it's, it's linked with what you were, you were saying. So there, there's a school that I used to work in where the, the, there was a real problem with baseball caps in school. And the head teacher didn't like people wearing baseball caps. And, uh, you know, because it was, it was a cultural thing in many ways. You know, so he, he felt it was creating a gang culture sort of idea, you know. Um, so what he did was he, um, he bought himself a baseball cap and he wore it all the time in school. And honestly, those baseball caps disappeared within minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? You, you've effectively taken away that, 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 uh, that power that they've got, you know, that power that the, the, the children have got. So, you know, and it's, it's, they wouldn't be expecting that at all, would they, Helen? That would be the last, last thing they'd be expecting you to do. Yeah, totally. And, and it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any other any others? How how any any other ways that we can engage the unengageable or any examples of where you've 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 had problems and then it's all worked out? Victoria, were you trying to say something there? I think Yes, I was. <laughs> I'll get there in the end. Um, no, I was just gonna say it was like um Barack Obama and uh, when he was talking to his girls, um Malia and Sasha, I think, or and they were talking about getting tattoos and he said you know I absolutely support you in getting a tattoo but if you get a tattoo then we're all getting tattoos that's me Michelle um Sasha the other one you know all four of us were getting family tattoo whatever you get tattooed I'm getting tattooed and the girls did not want tattoos after that so yeah, yeah excellent excellent any other any other strategies advice guidance anything you want to share with us I've just got to say, I wish I'd known that when my 16-year-old daughter got her ta first tattoo. <laughs> that would have been fab. <laughs> Do you have wanted the same one, though? That's the question. <laughs> no, it was, it was huge on the top of her leg. <laughs> She's now 23 and completely regrets it, but, you know. <laughs> what a discount, Amanda, for buying in bulk. Sorry? buying in bulk. 16 can you imagine what I said goodness me <laughs> anything else or shall I throw another question at you 
I think a lot of it is um, to get is getting on their wavelength as well is um you know finding like helen said that connection and and it it you know sometimes it can take a long time um but it it's just a sort of step by step approach and and getting on you know whatever their interests may be and you know whether it's their xbox or their you know their music or or whatever if it's older students and you know just finding your way in through that mm-hmm. um can you accelerate it in any way or is it just uh, is it just time you've just got to allow time no i think i think you can i mean i tend to partic- i think particularly when you're working with sen it's hard and a lot of the kids that are disengaged are of that kind of realm and um I find that if I go home and do a bit of homework on whatever their interest is and then bring something in, you catch them that much quicker. Yeah. Um, so using, may... Sorry, I was just say it's sort of like using language that they're going to be familiar with as well. So if they're, yeah, you know, their passion is cars and engines and stuff, framing things in terms of cars and engines and combustion and stuff yeah. Yeah. And, and getting that wavelength you might not share their passion but at least you're sort of talking their language yeah absolutely I mean I work with this um boy at the beginning of the year actually in the secondary school for a little while and his he was absolutely obsessed with Phil Collins and you know so it was about going in the following day I've listened to this song this on this song you know what's your favorite and immediately you've got that um you know him got him talking at least um you know, and giving him time maybe to play one of the songs for you and that kind of thing. So it's just it's just finding that and not being a, afraid to sort of just use that for a little while. Um, you know, even to bring it in your write, writing, you know, let's write about Phil Collins, you know, it, 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 whatever you need to do. It doesn't actually matter in many ways what they're writing about at that point, does it? Exactly. If if it is just about writing and bringing in the correct grammar and and some spellings, it does. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's about the moon or whether it's about Phil Collins. You know, it's just what they're they're writing. And again, it's finding things. You know, if a kid's really into sports, find out all the football players and do your project on that. You know, and 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 you know, tell me, give me a story, imaginary or or factual information about ex-footballer or or whatever it may be you know it just gives that bit of enthusiasm for them you know Adrian yeah of course you can yeah um so I think one of the one of the things that you just said there is that it doesn't matter what he's writing about as long as he's writing and sometimes we sort of get stuck into well you're going to be writing about pirate ships today I don't care if you'd rather talk about unicorns and um and, and if you remember what's the important part and which are the extra bits that you could remove and replace, that gives you the freedom to, to not get stuck on one way of doing things. I think that's, Helen, one of the things that we were talking about in, that, in, in the, in, in the theatre forum, that it sort of loosened you up to thinking about lots of ways of doing things and seeing things. There's, there's, um, there's a, a small group that I, um, that I regularly work with, and the joy of that particular group is that they... They share all sorts of ideas about things that naturally interest them. Um, and there was um, this one lad who is very much lacking in confidence um, and was basically saying that 
that he he wasn't good at coming up with ideas, but also he wasn't good at um, at leading or showing or explaining or whatever, because he was trying to talk about a subject that, that, that interested him and he was stumbling over it. Um, and we we chatted about, about um, what things he was interested in. Um, and it turned out that he loves tennis. Um, and that actually, as part of his tennis um, career, um, and this lad is, is 12, um, he already coaches little ones at the same tennis club. Um, and that he does it naturally without, without thinking that, that, he's, that he's teaching, without thinking that he's leading, without thinking of, of what he's doing, without thinking about the fact that he's, he's encouraging, exciting uh, a, a new group of children, etc. And he suddenly started saying, actually, I do talk to them differently. I, I use words that I know that they will understand. And as a result of that, he, um, he chose the next month's group topic which happened to be titanic and he and i are both titanic themes um so um so he started off co-leading and um, by halfway through the month he was leading all of the sessions i had um i had coached him in in the sort of things that you can say and how you can encourage developing on from um, from from his his tennis experience. So by the time we finished the month, he was actually you um he actually apologised for the fact that he could speak for hours about the Titanic and that we must shut him up rather than let him keep on going. Um, but by the by the end of it, he was he was giving Tip BB and a gold star to everybody else in the group, telling them how interesting the information was. He describes himself as being a Titanic geek. Um, but by the, uh, and by the, by the end of the, of that month's, that month's topic, he was the leader, um, and was celebrated the fact that he'd realized that he'd become the teacher and that he actually really enjoyed it. And that the others had learned from him and were ready to lead their own month courses. Mm. Yeah, quite a fasc quite a fascinating thing, isn't it? Is it you know the, the way? It's, it, it, I mean, it, there's a lot of psychology involved in what we're talking about here, isn't there? Really, you know, and just trying to you know understand individuals and what makes them tick. Really, um, absolutely key. Right, I'm going to throw another question at you, and then I'm going to sort of throw it over to you guys and see if you want to ask any questions that we can all we can all chip in with. So. What would you say are the key points when preparing for your first tutoring session? So someone you've never met before, might be your first one ever, but what are the key points that you might want to take with you in terms of preparation? I, I normally do like um, an, an in initial assessment. Mm. So I take these um, a couple of forms with me. Um, so it, it basically looks like what I'm doing, but because I can be quite, you know, it's your first, it's your first session. So you sort of need to take control of it. Mm -hmm. um, I normally ask them what they, what they like to do, what they like at school, what they don't like, um, try and get to know them a bit better. Um, it's always a good idea to also get a copy of their report, their last report from them. Um and I also spend quite a bit of time chatting to their parents as well, just finding a bit more, you know, a bit more about them, really. Yeah, just getting information, just gathering information. Because yeah. the thing about it is you don't know what information you need at that point, really, do you? No, you don't. Um, you, you need 
I mean, for me, it, it's better if I have the report in front of me because it gives me a good idea um, of what that student is like because obviously it's going to be from their teacher. Um, so it kind of gives you a head start. Mm. Um, I don't always do an assessment in the first lesson, though. Um, it's more kind of getting getting to know the student and building a rapport. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Again, relationships keeps coming back to relationships, doesn't it? Each time, you know, everything we seem to be talking about comes back to relationships, building those relationships. Yeah. Positivity. Yeah, absolutely. Any other any other points that people want to raise about the first tutoring session? Um, I say similar to Jyoti, but um, so I might ask if I can see recent exams that they've done and if they can bring their school books. Mm. Um, but more of it is the discussion with them and just find like. The subject that we're teaching is ends up being the least important part of that conversation because I know exactly what to expect from that. I know what's going to be on their exam and I know how we're going to go through it. But I want to know why they asked for a tutor and what they're feeling about that subject and what their ambitions are for later on. Are they planning to just pass the exam and burn all of their books or have they got plans on a career in this? Um, do they find it interesting? Does it relate to something else that they want to do? Um do they actually want to have the lessons or have they been made? And things like that kind of give you a better idea of what to expect from them in the lessons and what, what kind of support they're going to need. Is it important that they know what to expect of you? Yeah, so I would make sure that when I'm having that conversation, I'm being really positive about everything that they say. So they're going to be, they haven't asked for help because they're having a great time. So they're probably going to be feeling quite anxious about it and what you're going to make them do. So whatever answer they give me, I'm like, brilliant. Yeah, that's fantastic. We can do that. And oh, that's really interesting. We can talk about that, <laughs> whatever they say, so that they kind of have the expectation that it's going to be easy and very low stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High challenge, low stakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now a brief word from our founder julia silver if you'd like to hear more about the ideas we touch on here or gain the tools to take your own tutoring to the next level the qualification for tutors could be for you this live online seminar is facilitated by industry experts who over four zoom workshops will cover the foundations of teaching and learning and how it relates to you as a tutor. The workshops are full of rich discussions where you'll learn alongside other tutors and connect on a professional level. We will teach you how to be the kind of tutor every child remembers. Visit our community space at qualifiedtutorcommunity.org and sign up now for our transformative course. We'll see you there. It's interesting, it's important to tell them what to call you as well. Mm. Because that's a real barrier for a relationship if you don't make that clear from the start. So I sort of say to them, in school, they call me Mrs. Silver, but you can call me Julia. And, and they quite like that. And then it sort, of, it sort of sets the pitch for how tutoring is different from teaching. Although I'm still Mrs. Silver, so don't mess. So it's quite a good balance. But I would wonder whether if you were tutoring in a school, um, they would sort of fall into calling you Miss and never registering that you actually had a name. And, mm. and, and how would you sort of give them the words to build a relationship with you then? Mm. I get creeped out when someone calls me miss, so that is not yeah. my name. <laughs> you got to keep the boundary as well there, don't you? Because when I first started tutoring, um, I was a bit of um, 
I think I was a bit over-friendly with the students. I was more like a buddy. Um, And then obviously you realise that you've got to be a bit firm with them. And then if you start getting firm with them and they're used to you being all, you know, buddy-buddy, they don't take it very well. Um, And the most important thing I learned is that you've got to be, you know, quite firm and set the boundary from the start. Um, And that's a learning experience that I got you know I learned that myself because I've not I've not done any sort of teaching courses or anything um so yeah it was a bit of a a learning experience (laughs) I think I started teaching uh, the the one of the things that they the teachers would say this was about 1989 one of the things the teachers would say was don't smile until Christmas with that one you know never I never did but the the idea was you know that you you as you said there you know if you're too um friendly with them then it's very difficult to tighten up later so it is yeah. a balance but yeah I mean I think if you're too authoritarian that's going to go the opposite way anyway because they probably many of the children with tutoring will have had a, a stomach full of that already won't they yeah you have to keep the balance don't you absolutely absolutely it's yeah. going to be interesting, though. Sorry to jump in, but it's going to be interesting because a lot of what we're discussing about tutoring in the sense of when kids come to you after school or at weekends, but there's going to be a huge bleed of tutors into schools with the NTP, uh, so the National Tutoring Programme, which is, you know, this sort of group tutoring um, process that we've been discussing and getting that balance as a tutor in schools where you're going to have to connect with the children but be professional because you're in a professional environment you're going to have to not tread on your teacher's toes as well you know how you move around the schools how you prepare for everything that's that's going to be a challenge to to tutors I think yeah I think it's going to be a very different way of working for many people isn't it you know and it's uh, again it's just establishing those protocols and those expectations and it will take time um, but that's for everybody as well, as well, because you know, many schools, Victoria, they're not used to working with tutors. They have teaching assistants, but not tutors as such. And that yes, again, it's going to be a very interesting um, process, I think, come November when they release the lists of the tutors that are allowed to work in schools. Just sort of seeing how the schools and the tutors mesh together is, is going to be fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. How they, how they utilize each other. That, mm. that, yeah. so, a journey of discovery, but it's quite an exciting time for tutors, you know, to be in to be in that and uh, to be working in a different way. And you know, there's going to be lots of work for you guys, anyway. That's for sure. <laughs> Any other point? To be a tutor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if I can just um, take it back a little bit. You, you were asking what to take into the first lesson or what information to to collect. I've always found it very useful to think about the labels that students have either been given or have taken on themselves and internalized in some way Um, not good at this can't do that and like you've said from the psychological point of view sort of understanding where that's come from a little bit and thinking how you can unpick it Um, but the other thing whenever I've done my first class I always feed back to them the information that they've given me Mm. so that they hear it from someone else and then that helps them to understand they've got a, an ally or a, someone who's actually listened to everything that they've said and said, look, I've taken it all on board. This is what I think we could do. How do you feel about that? Is that the way you'd like this to work, um, mm. for example? And I guess some of that blends into what you're talking about sort of 
in the first question about roles mm. and the roles that you want that student to have, whether, you know, <laughs> what roles they're used to playing, whether they're used to being sort of pen-pecked and shouted out of whatever, uh, and putting them a bit more in the driving seat as to deciding how and what they're going to learn. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is, Dave, many of the children that you know that you, you're talking about, it's a little bit like Helen with the, you know, go, going and sitting under the table to teach English. You know, many of the children um have developed uh, strategies um because we're totally essentially with the NTP program, it's 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 focused on on disadvantaged children. Well, you know, many of them have developed strategies that 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 can deal with you know that authority and and they're used to dealing with that authority so you know the, the finding a way around that is a really important thing and you know and helen sitting under the table which is a great image helen but helen sitting under the table is 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 will have really sort of thrown them they won't really have known how to deal with that because they've never met it you know so those sorts of things and, and what you were, were alluding to there dave you know just looking at different ways of approaching it so important really you know, and it can just give you that little bit of a, a hook, you know, just that bit, little bit of a relationship that you can hook them in and then you can sort of, you know, work with them. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any other points? Any other points that you want to raise? I, I was going to say about um, making sure you go with a plan B sometimes, because particularly if you haven't had any um, real input about the child necessarily, I mean, hopefully you've you've got a fairly good background but um you know I think especially if you're working with sort of an SEN kind of pupil because you you know it can be unpredictable and sometimes you just have to change tact and um you know always have a, a backup and try to make the backup fun I suppose because then it 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 just sort of brings it brings it back again and sort of puts it in a in a norm you know some kind of normality within within the session but whether it be a game or or whatever but I would always take something in case something doesn't go to plan mm. um you know what whatever that may be and whatever you're comfortable with doing mm. yeah I, th I think that, that's very true and I, I think you know the, the the rigid plans really don't work sometimes under those circumstances and I think you know doing something that's fun even if it's not related to learning and even if they might not be learning, at least they're engaging. And that's yeah. a starting point. And, you know, I, I've worked with lots of children. I used to work in a, a, a seaside town, a Victorian seaside town. So you can imagine, it, you know, it's quite it's social deprivation. But, you know, I used to look at some children and I think, you know, they've managed to get into school um, in something that vaguely re resembles a school uniform. Um, they've done really well. You know, they've done really well, but you'd have some members of staff who would be sort of henpecking them about, well, you've not got your tie straight or you've not. Well, come on. You know, they've managed to get there under their own steam because there would have been no support from home. Yeah. Get there, um, when they, they could have just disappeared off and just be running around the streets, you know. Yeah. I always look at that in a way of like it's all about priorities and yeah. actually, you know, and it's like picking your battles um, you know, because you can't just as schools, they can't do it all. And they're expected nowadays to be, you know, social workers and mental, you know, just so many things. And actually, you know, when you have got a pupil that's got difficulties, particularly, it's just it's picking your battle and picking what is priority out of that. And if if gaining self-esteem and confidence is priority, that's what you aim at, you know, 
and because ultimately I mean if they if you don't have that then you're on a you know you, your job is that much harder anyway um but yeah like you said is it they're in school does it really matter that they've got a wonky tie or they're you know that, that self-efficacy that you know that belief in yourself has got to come first really and and then when you've got those things in place then learning can take place absolutely and, but, but you know as a, as a as an educational as much as i hate to say it, but sometimes learning's got to come secondary to other things actually mm. some, you know. yeah but it will come in time it will you know it will develop and as they achieve success they want to do more they want more success and and you know that that's that will will then they'll really lap it up which is amazing really Okay, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to throw it open to you guys and we'll just have a couple of questions. I don't know what time we're on, Julia, but uh, some great discussions. Going. We're five minutes over. Um, punctuality means we start on time, but it doesn't mean we have to close on time. So if you are willing to spend another five minutes talking about this, then we'd be delighted. Take a couple of questions from you guys, if there are any. If there are any questions, that's fine. If there's not, that's also fine. I do have one. I'd like to um, know how, how do you react when... Um, you have a pupil and you know that school hasn't done their job. Um, and I'll give you a, a scenario. I had a parent meeting yesterday with a lad, a, a young boy that I did some work with at the beginning of COVID. And um, I mean, it's, it's actually blown me away, but he's, he, his parents at the beginning of this academic year had a, had a dyslexia report done, everything else handed it into Senko and head of year who I think near enough just put it in their in trays. Um, and this this boy now is in year 11, about to take GCSEs, doesn't, you know, attendance last year because he didn't really want to go to school. I think from the meeting yesterday, he's clearly got more issues than just his dyslexia. But um, I'm really passionate. I'm, I'm really angry about it. <laughs> and I want to go into the school and like, what have you been playing at? You know, this this mum went and did that and you've just completely dismissed it completely and it's obviously had a huge effect on his learning um you know to be told when mum took it in to be told from from her you know oh this is mild you've got nothing to worry about mm-hmm. you know and this kid's scoring is is just dreadful yeah. and um and I don't know how you, you know all I've managed to do is sort of empower parent really because actually he is entitled to this. You need, you know, school need to be doing something about it. But it's a really hard one because if it was my child, I'll be in there like a shot. And <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those things that you know that there are there are instances where people don't do what they should be doing, and it, you know you've got to deal with it with sensitivity in some yeah. ways, but also to find someone that you would see as an ally, an ally within the, the you know the school. Um, so maybe someone that you work with, someone that you can just gently mention, not, not in a critical way, but just gently mention about, I mean, it, it sounds like the situation that you're talking about, it's it's too late anyway, because that report was, came in years ago and it's, you know, it's too late really for it. But there's no harm in mentioning it to somebody, because if you mention it to somebody, then obviously it might mean that in the future it doesn't happen. Um, yeah. But it's you know you've, you you sometimes have to act as a little bit of a broker for these children and give them a voice because the children haven't got the self confidence to to have their own voice at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're building up a position of trust with them, and the, the, you know they will tell you things that that um, you know they, they think you should know, and I mean they may tell you things that they would hope that you would you might be able to do something about on their behalf. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It's just where the, where that boundary, if you're not working within that school, um, you know, how you how you then make that connection. Um, yeah. If parents, which often parents do, feel quite intimidated by the system and they don't have the um, the confidence to actually say, well, excuse me, but, you know, it's um, it's it's just a hard one. No matter how difficult it might, uh, you know, feel for you, you, you've still got to go through the school system. Mm. Um, You know, you can't, you couldn't go direct to parents because that, you know, that would, that would cut the school out and that, that would be viewed very dimly, Um, you know, even though they might not be doing, but you've just got to, you know, very gently and very sensibly keep pushing and just keep knocking on the door and eventually someone will open the door and they will allow, you know, that that things will happen, you know. Yeah. Yeah. People quite often. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That was a nice meaty one. That was really nice. Um, we're going to wrap up. And before we do, Ludo's struggling. We're going to help him out. He's looking for a title for the pod. So we've just recorded this and we're going to make it go live. But could you suggest in the chat, please? Oh, of course you've made an answer, Garden. <laughs> please, will you give us a title for this podcast? It is, this is a good, we love using answer gardens at the end of our uh, workshops. We've done so ever since QT5. You pop your answer in. I've sent it in the chat so that what I'm sharing on my screen now is not something you can type into. So if you click on the link that I've sent in the chat and open up your own screen, then we will see all the answers flood in. Now, I'm, I can't promise that I will take one of these, but I really hope I can. And <laughs> it's very good to give you guys the agency, practice what you preach, to give you guys the agency to what uh, the, what the, the podcast title would be. We'd love to... to build engagement around our podcast because we do have very good guests on and it is gaining traction um so you know we, we we'd love to hear from you guys and if that means uh get, you know you guys choosing the title then that's brilliant a questionable podcast very good lovely mm-hmm. people loving tutoring uh many truths no lies would i lie to you <laughs> i can't actually see who's written these oh the fun unengageable very very good um, okay i'll give you guys just a few more seconds i might start adding in my own but then obviously you'd be able to see what i add in so that would be cheating um i can hear some typing going on so someone's putting a, an option in there. You know what? It might well be one of these. Are you telling me a lie? No tutor, no lie. That's <laughs> someone's come away from this session thinking that no <laughs> is the yeah, is the takeaway. Then maybe we've done something slightly wrong. <laughs> Should we start again, Ludo? <laughs> um, I love that. Can I have? Yeah. Can, I, can I make one more request, please, Juliet? Uh, if you guys have enjoyed this session, then we would love to hear what you enjoyed most about it on our Twitter page. I don't know how many of you are on Twitter. I know some of you are because we follow you and you guys follow us. Julia uh, just um, completely uh, every single time retweets a qualified tutor tweet. And it's always the most reassuring thing knowing that every tweet I get will be retweeted at least once. But um, <laughs> that's very, very kind. So, <laughs> the only buttons I know. <laughs> So if any of you guys uh, could add something about what you enjoyed about this, this Q&A, then that would be, that would be brilliant. Um, hashtag Qualified Tutor is not necessarily in Twitter's top 10 trending hashtags just yes. yet, but 
with your help, it will be. So uh, <laughs> I thank you very much for your answer garden responses. We'll be posting those as well alongside kind of the follow-up from uh, this evening's session. And please do tweet us if there's anything that you loved about the session. A huge, huge thank you to Helen uh, for taking that, that session in the middle. That was one of the most uh, enjoyable moments I've had on a, on a, a QT Zoom workshop. So reactions all round, please. Julia knows where that button is, so you guys must <laughs> do as well. Um, and uh, a massive thank you as well to Julia, who, who brought this all together and who has been doing fantastic work with the Chartered College of Teaching. Dame Alison Peacock knows who we are, loves us, and we love her. So there's, there's, there's a real chance uh, for a partnership there. Um, Georgina and uh, Dana and, and Daniel have, have uh, had to leave as well, but um, we will be offering up those that kind of, that, obviously that, that professional affiliate uh, membership and more details of that to come as well. For those of you who will see next week, we're looking forward to it. And to everyone, stay talking to us, please, because tutoring can be lonely. We'll see you soon. Good night. I love seeing you. Thanks. Bye. Nice to meet you guys. Thanks so you much. Friends old and new. What a treat. Sorry, it ran over. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Carol. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Carol's got the way. Do it again, Carol. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Thanks, Regina. Thank Thanks you. so much. Thanks for listening to the Qualified Tutor Podcast, where tutors share their expertise to support the tutoring community. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join our Qualified Tutor Community at www.qualifiedtutorcommunity.org or find it in the show notes below. We exist to connect, share and learn with you because tutoring is a small job that makes a big difference.